I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Clayton, how's it going, man? What's up, man? You got a you got a PlayStation at home? Yeah. What if I told you the government can take that PlayStation and charge it with a drug crime? Because of what I did on Grand Theft Auto? That's not real drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Two comedians are suing over a drug search program at the world's busiest airport, Hartsfield-Jackson in Atlanta. Actors and comedians Eric Andre and Clayton English have filed a lawsuit against Clayton County, Georgia. Two Clayton County Police Department cops come out of nowhere like ambush style and start interrogating me about am I doing drugs, am I selling drugs, am I buying drugs, am I transporting drugs to the airport? Andre and English say officers pulled them aside because they're black and asked them about drugs as other passengers looked on. Lawyers say the two men were both stopped at separate times by the police. We are seen in, in Clayton County in this JetBridge program, they're seizing the cash. They seized cash from 25 people in that same time period. 22 of those people, there was never any charge. 
Okay. So are yeah. they just like looting? Are they just like pillaging? They just have way better names for yeah. what they call, like what we would call a jack move or being <laughs> robbed. <laughs> they call civil asset forfeiture. <laughs> That's classic. If you give anything three names, <laughs> yeah, 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 it gets the public's approval. It's the approval. caviar of stealing shit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Got it. I'm Greg Glaude. I'm Clayton English. And this is The War on Drugs. All right, Clayton, before we begin today's episode, I got like a little bit of a bone to pick with you. What you got, man? What, what's the bone, man? All right, so we've been, you know, pre-interviews, post-interviews, pre-post, about everything for the last, I don't know, year now we've yeah. known each other. Yeah, All we've yeah. been talking about is civil asset forfeiture, you know, racial profiling, policing, drugs. And you're just not in there talking, saying peace. And you don't tell me that you were racially profiled at the Atlanta airport for a civil asset forfeiture case where they were suspecting you of drugs and you had no. So what look, the hell, man? I thought we were friends. Okay. Yeah. Two things. First of all, so used to being harassed by the police. <laughs> that <laughs> it was just things, a, yeah. These things tend to slip my mind. It's par for the course when I'm traveling. It's sad to say. But. In this situation, um, okay, so I'll just tell you what. Let's yeah, yeah. What yeah. happened? No, no, I'm messing around. No, this is uh, yeah, yeah crazy no, story and very important. Yeah, no, I, traveling through uh, the Atlanta airport. This is after I've gone through security. I'm, I'm on my way to Los Angeles. You know, you're at your gate. You give them your ticket. You scan your ticket in. You know, boop, hit it. Go through the gate. You think next step is to go to the jet bridge. Get on the plane. When I get on the jet bridge, it's one of those ones that kind of winds around, yeah. you know. So when I turn the corner, two police officers pop out, say, they're, hey, we're here with Clayton County Police Department. Um, we're we're doing searches for drugs and cocaine and methamphetamines. Do you have any of those things on there? Um, can we search your bag? And I'm not understanding what's going on. I'm like, whoa, what? I'm blocked in. I'm cornered. Like, the other people are scooting past me. To me, I'm not looking at everybody that's going by me, but all the people that I'm seeing go by me are white people. And I seem to be the only black person mm -hmm. that's getting stopped. And they're asking me questions. Oh, you going out to L.A.? Well, what do you do? What do you you know how police try to make the small talk, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And I'm just like, what what is going on right now? What are we what are we doing? And they they search through my bag. They gave my ticket back. They give and they're like, OK, you're good. And I just remember, like, one, I felt, you know, a little humiliated, a little embarrassed because I'm the only person pulled over to the side. And then the next step is, dang, like, I can't say anything. Like, that's that's how my mind mm -hmm. worked. Just being harassed by the police growing up in the South where you're taught that police can do pretty much anything that they want to do. The best bet is for you to just cooperate. Yeah. Doesn't matter if that means you're throwing away your rights or whatever. Right. This is kind of what's instilled into people who grow up in the South. And at this point, I'm just trying to get on this flight so I can make this writing gig that I have that's important for my career, that I'm trying to move right. forward. You're not at the TSA front thing no. where you may have an hour. You're like, oh, no. now I can't grab, grab a beer at the bar. No, like, no. No, you're like, getting on the plane. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would like to ask the questions. I would like to say, what the hell is going on? This is in But it's like, let me make this flight. Right. And I really didn't think I had any recourse, and that's— most of how I felt when situations of injustice or I feel like I'm being profiled, you just chalk it up and you deal with it. And a few months later, I saw that uh, a fellow comedian uh, by the name of Eric Andre 
had a similar situation. And when I saw a situation, he took it and he used his platform and he talked about it on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, I believe, mm-hmm. and actually got a response from the Clayton County Police Department. And I just reached out to him and said, hey, I went through the similar kind of thing, yeah. you know, sounds like my situation. We talked back and forth. And then later on, he hit me with some people from the policing project and they said that they were going to pursue legal action. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm with it. And I didn't even really think much about it after that. I'm like, okay, I don't know. And then fast forward, they hit me and said, we're doing a press conference. I've never done a press conference. So I didn't know that it's actually going to be in front of the press. I thought it was just something you did and you send it to the press and they look at it if they want to. So, you know, to talk more about it, I got Eric Andre here. We got him here. We yeah. were able to get him here. And he will we, be in studio. Yes, yeah. and we have one of the attorneys that's working on our case, mm-hmm. Annie Hudson-Price, and we're just going to get into it a little bit. And like I said, and you're, and you're right, this was one of those things. I didn't know how deep it went until the attorneys gave us back the information. Yeah. I didn't know it was a civil forfeiture case at the beginning. Yeah. I just knew I felt like I had been wronged, and we jumped into that, and— Look, I'll, I'll let all the facts come out in the interview, but you'll see. It's crazy. And I had no idea it would become one of the biggest things that I learned in this podcast. I would be involved with something that has something directly to do with civil asset forfeiture. All right. Well, with, without any further ado, let's, 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 get to, um, let's get to Eric, let's get to Clayton, let's get to Annie, and uh, let's start this. It's an amazing story, so you're definitely going to want to listen to this. <laughs> All right, here we are with my fellow comedian, yes. Eric Andre, actor, uh, writer, a uh, lot of hyphenates. Yes. And uh, co-defendant, is that the right thing? Is that the right word? Co-plaintiff. 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 Yeah. Defendant yeah. would have mean we so being double. The, yeah. <laughs> You're so used to being the defendant. You see? You see? We're on the other you side. See? Yeah. Yeah. And we've got one of our attorneys on the case, Annie Hudson-Price. Thanks for having me. Did you have this podcast before we sued the cops? Is this the first episode? No, this isn't the first episode. All of so this, it's not a coincidence. No, this happened before. Like I yeah. was already doing this before, and you reached out to me. My incident had already happened with the police. He never thought to bring this up to us. Wait, I, wait, wait. It, we it's did so crazy to, to me no, that I this exists. It's, it's, I, I know. It's like it's like too convenient. It's, it's like yeah. kismet. Kismet. That's what yes. it is. Yeah. Tova. I, I kind of told my story beforehand. If you could just take people through it, you know, what, what happened to you, Eric? And uh... Yeah, so I was uh, filming Righteous Gemstones for HBO and, and, and um, Charleston. You killed it, too. Thank you. Yeah, that was appreciate awesome. It. Thank you. One of my favorite shows. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for the compliment on my role. I did not come up with that <laughs> single thing. I, none of the writing is me. But I'll, I'll take it. Um, so I was filming in Charleston. And South Carolina, and I had to connect to Atlanta to fly home to Los Angeles. Yeah, it was just a work trip. Everything's normal. Went to my gate. Gate agent ripped the ticket. I get onto the awkward, claustrophobic jet bridge, and two uh, Clayton County Police Department cops come out of nowhere, like ambush style, and start interrogating me about, am I doing drugs? Am I selling drugs? Am I buying drugs? Am I transporting drugs to the airport? Uh, do I have crystal meth on me? Do I have heroin, cocaine, prescription pills that aren't mine? And uh, I was like, kind of like baffled and confused. I didn't know what was, I was the only brown person in, in front or behind me. 
And uh, I was like baffled and confused. I was like, is this an extra like TSA stop? Like I've already gone through security. And then I was like, oh no, these are just like random Georgian cops like doing like stop and frisk, like Giuliani era stop and frisk <laughs> tactics on the jet bridge. And it was uh, shitty. It was humiliating and demoralizing. And, uh, you know, everybody's gawking at me like I'm a perpetrator as uh, they were like squeezing by me on the jet bridge. And I've been like racially profiled at many airports around the world. So it was like a little bit of a tipping point too. But this was the most egregious version of it. And um, so they asked me if I have all these drugs. I'm saying, no, 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 no. I had nothing on me. And it was like clearly like a veteran cop trying to train a rookie cop. Too, it was like mm -hmm. they were like really awkward and yeah. stilted. Like, like their they're... performance wasn't even good. They were like open micers. I was like, this like, is lame. We're gonna like, try out some new material here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, this is like a deleted scene from The Wire or something. Like, like when you get, the, uh, you get the new waitress. Yeah, and they're yeah, training. Trainer. She's yeah. like, she's in training. Yeah, and it was like just... that. So it was even worse because they had to go like through every little thing that they practice, no matter how like awkward and, and ridiculous it was. So and, the, and then uh, they asked if they could go into my bag and the smarter parts of my brain lit up and they were, and something in my mind was like I think you're allowed to say no but I don't really know so I went do I have to say yes and the veteran cop was like uh no so I was like okay no and then I just like ran to the plane and then I started texting some friends I have two lawyer friends and they were like that is fucked up. Don't, you shouldn't tolerate that. Like tweet to the mayor, like just go nuts. Yeah. So I'm like on the plane. I was like, I'll give it a shot. And the Atlanta mayor like tweeted back right away. Yeah. And the Atlanta PD, who I thought it was at first was like, that's not that's us. Not us baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, they got the hell away from that. Hey, they got quickly. off of it yeah. quick. Yeah. So quick. <laughs> so quick. And then a journalist reached out to me and said it was the Clayton County Police Department and they've been doing it a bunch. And then you reached out to me yeah. and told me your story. And now I'm hearing all, there's a big wave of, Stories yeah. coming from people. Yeah, and we don't know. and you were smart enough to not to to say no. You can't search my bag. Yeah, and in my mind, like you said, I didn't feel like I even had You're allowed option. To. Right, like, I right. Would, it doesn't feel like you could keep going when they block your path. No. So we we got eight months worth of data between Clayton and Eric stops around them, and that data recorded four hundred and two Jetbridge stops. Of those. 376 actually listed the race of the passengers they had stopped, and 211 of those were black. And so Jeez. we're talking 56% of the people that they stopped on the jet bridge that we know the race of were black, and most wow. of them were black men. Wow. The odds of that truly happening randomly of 211 out of 376. I love this one. <laughs> the odds of that truly happening randomly are significantly less than one in 100 trillion. 100 trillion? That is, that is less <laughs> to give, to give, to it illustrate It looks so great it. when you oh, write yeah. it out. All the zeros? All this, yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's it honestly. It looks like you're just going into the matrix. you like, is, what is all these zeros? We, <laughs> one of the little kid numbers. Yeah. Trillion. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to illustrate that, that would be less than one grain of sand in all the grains of sand on the earth. That's how unlikely it is to have happened randomly. Right, right. Um, it's crazy. And well, they, they said in their own reports on Eric Stop that they told Eric that they had stopped. That's their record saying that they had stopped Eric randomly. 
that they told Eric they stopped him randomly. And, and I think you said three people actually had drugs, and they took over like a million dollars worth of stuff. So Hold on. I'm, I'm going to even no, throw something in here, yeah. too, because three people had drugs, but only one person actually got convicted, right? So we don't oh, actually don't even know. Arrest- oh, okay. One person got arrested. I mean, I don't know. You can speak for you. But as far as me, I'm just thinking this is, you know, just harassment because right. I'm a young black dude going through the airport. I was one of the only few black people on my flight. Mm-hmm. So it's just harassment. But once we get into what's actually going on yeah. and what our the attorneys discovered, yes, I didn't even realize, like, what was going on with this case. Like, this was so mind-blowing, especially working with you, Greg. I, know. I learned about civil asset forfeiture on this show. What is what is civil asset forfeiture? Let's get into it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Let's do so it. So civil asset forfeiture. <laughs> I like, just learned. Yeah. Yeah. Should I have yeah. 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 some homework before I got no. For, for no. the no. listeners at home. Yeah. <laughs> we all know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, so civil asset forfeiture is essentially when the government can take your property without convicting you of a crime or charging you with a crime. There doesn't need to be a charge or anything. Just essentially that you are more likely than not that property is either was used as the means for illegal activity mm-hmm. or was the proceeds from. So, you know, you have a nice Rolex watch. It's like, well, that's drug money. Mm-hmm. Or your car that was used to transport narcotics. And mm-hmm. so they can tie that in there. Mm-hmm. And it's not you that's on the complaint. It's property. So what yeah. that allows for the government to do is essentially say, now all these rights that you get as a person in a criminal charge and a criminal adjudication, they always go out the window. Now it's all civil. And it's your property that's on like a doc. So it'll say like, it'll say property. state of Georgia uh-huh. versus, you know, one Rolex watch. Huh. It doesn't say, you know, Eric Andre or Clayton English or anything like that. So is that just a scam to get your rights taken away? Essentially, yeah, it's a loophole. Watch. Yeah, it's, it's called a, a quasi imprint proceeding. It's, it's just as happening. I knew that. I knew that. But I mean... Yeah, I was gonna say that. Quasimodo. Quasimodo proceeding. Yeah. Quasimodo proceeding. Yeah. I saw the movie. That trivia night. Quasimodo proceeding. I think the key word, as you point out, you know, it's it's civil is the key word there. This is not a criminal proceeding, Mm. so you don't have the same standards of proof. You don't have the same. Uh, well, it's guilt. Yeah, rights. it's you pretty know. much guilty. That pro- that property, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the property is guilty. Exactly, and yeah. it starts as guilty. It starts as guilty, and yeah. so they've seized the property, the money, whatever it is. In Georgia, they file a complaint saying, "This is why we think we should get to keep it." A lot of the time, the person they've seized that from has no idea that they can challenge it, All doesn't right. have the money to hire a lawyer to challenge oh, it, okay. doesn't have yeah. the time or the resources, or frankly says, I don't want to tangle with law enforcement. I'm worried if I counter this, they're going to come after me on, they're going to cook up some criminal charge. You know, this is, these are cases where there often is no criminal charge attached. Yeah. So, And a lot of the times they'll have a criminal charge and then they'll say, we'll drop these if you just let go on the defense of your property. So are yeah. they just like... Uh, looting? Are they just like pillaging? So what one do they of the do with this? Stealing? stealing? Yeah. Are they just so one of the- <laughs> Basically. They just have way better names for yeah. what they call, like what we would call a jack move or being <laughs> robbed. <laughs> they call civil asset forfeiture. <laughs> That's classic. If you give anything three names, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it gets the public approval. It's the approval. caviar of stealing shit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Got it. We'll be right back with the War on Drugs. 
Hi, I'm Jason Flom, CEO and founder of Lava for Good Podcasts, home to Bone Valley, Wrongful Conviction, The War on Drugs, and many other great podcasts. Today, we're asking you, our listeners, to take part in a survey. Your feedback is going to help inform how we make podcasts in the future. Your complete and candid answers will help us continue to bring you more insightful and inspiring stories about important topics that impact us all. So please, go to lavaforgood.com survey and participate today. Thank you for your support. The War on Drugs podcast is sponsored by Stand Together. Stand Together is a philanthropic community that partners with America's boldest changemakers to tackle the root causes of our country's biggest problems. Christina Dent is one of many entrepreneurs partnering with Stand Together to end the war on drugs, the root cause of so many problems in communities across the country. As a foster mom, she came into contact with the war on drugs when she saw how it was ripping apart the family she worked with. She witnessed how kids were affected and how mothers wanted something better for their families but didn't have the tools to get there themselves. Christina Dent started a nonprofit called End It For Good because she knew there was a better solution to help these families. She's working to end the war on drugs in Mississippi and build consensus around the state to help families struggling with substance abuse problems find a different path forward than the one they've been given. Stand Together has many more stories like this one as it partners with thousands of changemakers who are driving solutions in education, healthcare, poverty, and the criminal justice system. To learn more about Stand Together, their partners, or how you can partner with Stand Together, go to standtogether.org. I think in 2015, there was an article that showed if you're just talking federal forfeitures, the they had seized more money in federal forfeitures than there had been money stolen in burglaries yes. that year. Yeah. So, oh, my God. So, but, so we live in the medieval times. Yeah. So. But right. to bring yeah. us back to the yes. num- numbers we were talking about. Yes. So Thank three, you, they, find, <laughs> they find – they find drugs in three cases. And those were, I mean, personal use is an overstatement. I mean, literally six prescription pills and right. some THC gummies. I mean, right. Well, the mission accomplished. But they seized cash from 25 people in that same time period. So three of those people were mm. these three that we mentioned. But 22 of those people, there was never any charge. Mm. There was never any... You know, if, if we're saying they're interested in presenting drugs from coming to their jurisdiction, they're not even charging the people they claim are engaged in this. And then they're, um, you know, seizing in some cases it's you know ten thousand dollars, which is a lot of money to someone. So it makes a big difference yeah. in their life, but yeah. is not so much that you're like, oh, if you have ten thousand dollars on you, you must be a criminal. Right. I mean, you can have two hundred thousand. There's nothing illegal about having cash. In a case like that, to even challenge like. It, it will. It, it could will cost, cost you ten you. grand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. easily. That's why the work that you all do and other public firms like do, like Institute for Justice, like it's the only way that even people can fight for their rights because they do it for free. And attorney will be like, by the time you walk out of here, you already owe me two grand. Yeah. Like, right. Don't take this case. Just right. let it go. And that's why right. most go to default. Yeah. yeah. And to be clear, in some jurisdictions, they charge you to even bring the case. Yeah. So in, when I was in D.C., I worked. I did a summer at the Public Defender Service, and they were doing a big lawsuit because. I think it was a $1,200 fine even to be able to challenge the forfeiture. You had to pay Oof. a fine. To even, to even talk about us taking your money. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's amazing. Bad. Yeah. And to the point on reporting, it is lucky that it was in Georgia. I know we've – I work on a lot of lobbying and advocacy work, and I can't tell you the arguments we've had against like actually doing minor reporting stuff. Like we had some law enforcement literally say like you're going to get officers killed if we had to say what we spent this money on. What? 
it was it was a it was very thin. Uh, you have no idea. Yeah. So like, <laughs> what? Bad, the things about it is they get the proceeds from a lot of this. So in some states, you get a hundred percent of the proceeds. You know, between the prosecuting office and the law enforcement office that initiated the arrest or the you know the seizing of the property. Meaning what? Like if they steal a. a, a if they take like somebody's yacht, yeah. they're like, "You're a drug kingpin. We want your yacht." What ha- what happens? They, they just like it. party on the yacht the yeah. next day, or what well, they, they seize it, they forfeit it, they could re- they could repurpose it and say, yeah. you know, say you're in Miami, you're like, well, this is a speedboat. Now we're going to use this for our drug interdiction tax force, <laughs> or so they can like sell looters. it and liquidate it, and then they get the cash from it. Uh, and, yeah. and, so they're criminals. <laughs> but I do think this goes back to you know a lot of the problems how we fund law enforcement in America. We create these inherently problematic incentive structures. So we mm. say you know, the tax dollars aren't going to go towards this. So instead, we're going to pay you through parking tickets, citations, asset forfeiture. So suddenly you have cops being like, oh, we better rack up our fines and fees locally. We better seize some funds because they may think, oh, we actually need this money. It's necessary for their budget. It's necessary for their budget. And that's how it's designed. uh, To be clear, they're they're not going after everyone equally, to state the obvious. I mean, there was a big piece in The New Yorker in 2013 where they talked about, compared in Pennsylvania, um, some very wealthy white kids had been running a, I think it was called an empire of drugs out of their house. Mm. Nothing happened to the house. And Mm. then, you know, in South Philly, a kid sold... I kid you not, $20 worth of weed on his parents' porch, and they seized the parents' yeah. house. Yeah, oh I mean, God. just, and again, bring it back to this case, this is racially discriminatory stops right. because there are lots of reasons for it. But one of those reasons is they know that there's less power, less likelihood to be able to challenge it, to be able to right. access the money, to challenge it, be able to access the attorneys, to be able to access the system, or frankly, to have trust in the system. Right. And I think it's worth fighting. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's what we're seeing in, in Clayton County in this airport jet bridge program. They're seizing the cash. Most people don't contest it. Does I mean, some people don't even know it. they have the right to, can't afford an attorney. But in the eight instances in which people did contest it, CCPD settled. The Clayton County Police Department settled mm-hmm. and said, here's half your money back. Mm-hmm. And frankly, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be worth fighting beyond right. that. because right. Why do they only give half back? I mean, Can I get the other half? So back to be clear, too? They, I am it's not. It's almost like they know they wrong, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I want like all of it. Back. I, but, <laughs> but it was whole. <laughs> I have to be clear. I'm not represent. I was not involved in any of these cases. I'm right. not a lawyer, so I don't know what happened there. But I, I can say, you know, if it's a routine, it's a routine offer back. Yeah. yeah, it's a routine. You know, let's not make a big deal out of this. You get half back. We get to keep half. Now we don't have to go to court and. We'll drop the charges. Drop. You can yeah. wave. Yeah, yeah man. A gangster. But, you know, like, I, I think it's amazing that you all, you know, were brave enough to, like, bring exposure to this because how many people are you going to prevent from this happening to them right. there I think is is incredible. And, you know, hopefully they have stopped that practice or at least limited severely. Yeah. Um, and how many people will not be harassed um, yeah. and abused in there. And so it's important. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Like, what are Thanks. you hoping from, you know, to get out of this? Like, what message and – um, you know, you talked about, you know, if people want to reach out to you all, um, if this has happened to them and yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, definitely everything we covered on the podcast today, mm-hmm. all these statistics should show people how bad and extreme racial profiling is. And this specific case is not isolated. Like this specific kind of behavior from cops, I'm assuming from my experience in this country, is rampant so i want people to feel like they have a community to uh, support one another and stand up against 
Injustice and racial injustice. I, I mean, people already are like hitting me up like crazy about yeah. their stories. Which and is I was one of those people that felt like there was nothing I could do. You right. know, it was right. just going to have to happen again. Right. And, you know, when I talked to you and then you hit me back with the people from the policing project and this is what they were doing, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I- I'll do that. As yeah. many times I've been pulled over by the police, I can pull the police over. Yeah. 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 You don't yeah. think you have to do that. <laughs> License and registration, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah, I was glad to do. And there's so many people, like the people that are coming out. Yeah. And you just chalk it up. Because at a certain point, when when you're in this country and you're put in this position and you're black and it's you against law enforcement, a lot of times you tell these stories, yeah, what else is new? Right. Yeah, so. You accept your fate. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? And it's like, yeah, we're not, we don't have to accept it. Right. And, you know, one of the things that we're, a case like this happens, this situation's happened because there's no policies controlling the police in this situation. There's no, you know, we requested all policies governing the jet bridge program and they gave us nothing so this is just the officers <laughs> are yeah, the officers are told wild, wild go to yeah. the, i mean it's not there are no written policies but they know what they're doing this isn't this is a program right and they're you know they're they go there's nothing constraining who they can pull over right and so you better believe as on the jet bridge as on the streets as in traffic stops that that's how you get racial discrimination when there's nothing constraining the discretion of the officer making that stop. Right. Absolutely. Um, and frankly, drawing attention to something like this, I mean, at a minimum, you get other jurisdictions saying, oh, damn, we better we better put some policies in place to make mm-hmm. sure that they're not going to come after us next. Because if you have a policy in place, it's a lot harder. I mean, look, I, I don't think the program should exist at all. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to exist, there better not be racial profiling and right. they better be right. listening to the, to the Fourth Amendment's requirements, right. you know, in terms and of how they're handling just- it. Execute the law evenly across the board. Yeah. Like, I mean, it shouldn't be this disproportionate. We shouldn't mm. be. The, I mean, in this case, it looks like they were using the jet bridge as their own. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special mom in your life. And what better way than with the Osea's limited edition skincare sets featuring clean, vegan, cruelty free products that are safe for your skin and the planet? Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited-edition sets that are perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts personal ATM. Yeah, no, totally. Like, you know, totally. with no fees <laughs> totally, or nothing. Totally. And you just go to the totally. well. Is there a casino? Yeah. You yeah, can't go yeah, no yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to leave us with? This has been amazing. I, no, I appreciate you all I, taking I, the time yeah, to talk. No, no thank you for coming through, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. Clayton wasn't cheap to get, so we had to cut a couple commercials. We'll be right back. <laughs> Somebody got to pay me. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's an amazing story. And, and Clayton, I know, you know, you initially and rightfully so had apprehension even sharing this publicly without any, you know, legal action, let alone yeah. what you're doing, because you there's there's fear of retribution. There's fear of a, a lot of things to actually come out and, and say this stuff. And so I just want to say thank you for allowing us to speak to you about this and sharing your story for the podcast and then also you know coming together with the policing project and eric to hopefully make sure that this doesn't happen to anyone else i mean really that's the whole impetus of the lawsuit is like we don't want this to happen to other people because um you know and that's it so again thank you man like for bringing this to our attention and being brave enough to talk about that publicly yeah yeah and it was a little uh 
you know, apprehension about just coming out and talking about it. I, I wasn't sure how it was going to be received. And I also just didn't want to have to deal with any more harassment or, yeah. you know, I didn't want to be on, on, on their radar now. And, you know, yeah, there's the negative comments that I've read occasionally because, of course, those stick out. But the outpour of positivity has far outweighed that. And uh, it's so many people who are coming out and kind of like we talked about, who are telling their story. They're like, that happened to me, too. That happened to me, too. Um, this is my situation. Right. And I think, like I said, a lot of times we just chalk it up. It's something we have to deal with. And, you know, um, <laughs> I think it was one comment that was like, oh, Clayton, you've been through worse than this. And it's like, yeah, but am I just supposed to accept it? Yeah, that doesn't like, make like, it, it doesn't, it right. Doesn't, no. It doesn't. And and I just think about the other people who don't have a platform because that was me for so long. Yeah. That was me. I couldn't say it. Who was I going to say it to? Right. Who was going to listen? So to have people's attention and have their ears, I'm grateful to be a part of it. Thankful to Annie. Thankful to Eric. Thankful to you because I, I don't even think this would have probably found me if I hadn't been on this podcast and, you know, learned and been on this journey that we've been on. Yeah, and I hired those officers. You know, there's a whole, yeah. hey, we need a content. We need right, a, right. Come on, man. We need episode hey, two, man. Sensationalism. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was my yeah, producer, Michael. Yeah, yeah really. Goes this, the extra mile. Man, yeah. this dude here, he sets it up, doesn't he? Well, thank you all for listening. Special thank you to Eric Andre and Annie Hudson-Price. And this has been The War on Drugs. Yeah, thanks for listening. Make sure you follow the War on Drugs podcast so you don't miss any new episodes or any of our quick fix bonus content. And we'll be back next week with another episode of War on Drugs. Until then, thank you for listening. Executive producers for War on Drugs are Jason Flom and Kevin Wardis. Senior producer is Michael Epstein. Editing by Nick Massetti and Michael Epstein. Associate producer, mix and mastering by Nick Massetti. He does... Everything around home, here. Man. Mike, Michael talks a lot about how he's a st- yeah, drink stir. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Nick, man. Additional production by Jeff Clyburn and Anna McEntee. Be sure to follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Lava for Good. You can follow Greg on Twitter at Greg Glod, and you can follow Clayton English on Instagram at Clayton English. The War on Drugs is a production of Lava for Good podcast in association with Signal Company Number One. I'm your host, Clayton English. And I'm Greg Glod. And thanks for listening to the War on Drugs podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at first first listen. listen. This season... 
We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.